I spent my last dollar getting here. One way ticket and you're talking to me about healing through belief. You're a man looking at the world through a keyhole. You've spent your whole life trying to widen that keyhole, to see more, to know more. And now, on hearing that it can be widened in ways you can't imagine, you reject the possibility. No, I reject it because I do not believe in fairy tales about chakras or energy or the power of belief. There is no such thing as spirit. We are made of matter and nothing more. It's just another tiny momentary speck within an indifferent universe. You think too little of yourself. Oh, you think you see through me, do you? Well, you don't. But I see through you! Your astral form out of your physical form. What's in that tea? Psilocybin? LSD? It's just tea. With a little honey. This is the Pack Brothers Podcast. Here are your hosts, David and Michael. Greetings, salutations, and all that jazz from sunny Orlando, Florida, the city beautiful. This is the Pack Brothers Podcast. I'm David Pack, and joining me as always is my identical twin brother, Michael. Yes, hello out there, all you in podcast land. Thank you for listening. This episode is brought to you by the Toothsome Chocolate Emporium and Savory Feast Kitchen at Universal Orlando City Walk. Yes, a very tasty place to enjoy I imagine dinner. I've never had it there, but their menu looks pretty interesting, and uh, certainly lots of chocolate sweets and desserts and milkshakes. Yeah, they have a huge milkshake there, which looks like it have an entire cupcake on top of the milkshake. Um, they have a lot of chocolate confectionaries there. I enjoyed a chocolate shot, which was not alcoholic, by the way. It was just a little cup <laughs> with a gear at the bottom and... It was all made of chocolate, and it was filled with chocolate stuff, and had a little chocolate thing on top. It was like a little bit of Willy Wonka, only steampunk, I guess. There were no Oompa Loompas. No, no Oompa Loompas to be seen. But yeah, the Tootsome Chocolate Emporium has a steampunk uh, vibe, which if you don't know what steampunk is, it's kind of a take on 19th century technology, but with... um, or that, that period, I should say, but with the technology that's very into like a lot of gears and cogs and things of that nature. Very hipster hats and stuff like that. So oh, yeah. Waxed mustaches and feathers in your hats and ruffles on your sleeves and such. Yeah. <laughs> We're not really doing a great job of selling this place, but uh, <laughs> it's, it, is, it is good. Um, no, the people, they were all friendly and... Uh, you know, they weren't pushing steampunk down your throat. And really, they were pushing sweet chocolates and delicious. things on your yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But yet, certainly the, the chocolate shot that I had, which is a white chocolate, was uh, very tasty. Uh, yeah, it was. So check it out if you're down in those environs. Um, all right. So let's get right into it, the clip we had at the beginning there. And the song had a certain theme to it. And it was from the Doctor Strange Movie, yes, Doctor Strange has been recently released by Marvel Studios. It's the latest in their, what they call their cinematic universe, where they have this 
ongoing theme across the uh, various properties of Marvel comic books on film. Yeah, they started off really big with Iron Man and Thor and Captain America and all these major heroes. And, of course, that culminated with the Avengers. And then they started to dig into a couple of their more, I guess, second and third tier characters like yeah. Ant-Man, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I, n- I remember thinking, oh, no, <laughs> we've got this team there and there's a talking raccoon and there's a tree and... Um, this is not going to go well, but, you know, I was wrong. It was very popular. They're going to make a second one, so I guess it did fine. But now they are made it all the way down to Doctor Strange. Right, and Doctor Strange is never uh, a character I was very familiar with. I grew up reading DC comic books uh, when I was into that genre, but uh, I never was really that much into Marvel comic books. And even if I had been in those few times when I did pick up a Marvel book, it was more Spider-Man and uh, Incredible Hulk. It was never Doctor Strange. It was a little bit too 70s, groovy for me. I remember there was an episode of Spider-Man and his amazing friends that had Doctor Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme, on there. And I remember thinking, well, this guy's kind of interesting, but I think I would just rather see Spider-Man and Iceman and Firestar and Miss Lion. <laughs> right, Aunt May. People I'd actually heard of. Doctor Strange is like, who is this guy? I guess I didn't hear from Miss Lion, but still. <laughs> He's kind of floating around. He's doing weird things with his hands. I don't know what's going on here. But yeah, uh, the movie was a lot of fun. Uh, if you go see it, I recommend that you go see it. Uh, it's a little bit uh, formulaic, um, I guess, of some of the Marvel movies. If you've seen one, you can kind of argue they sort of follow the same arc that you've got a hero and he's got a regular life and something happens to him and he has to overcome that adversity and through that he develops these abilities. Um, it's kind of maybe formulaic, but they it's a great formula. And so if it's a one-trick pony, it's a really good trick because they keep pulling it off. Right. Something that Marvel has done in their movies and continue to do is it's a pretty high quality of a, uh, of an experience. It's always good special effects, good acting. The story is cohesive, and it can get fairly in-depth with the canon of the characters without you necessarily having to be familiar with the characters. They do a good job of introducing them and not necessarily in a way that you're just struggling to one, care about the character, and number two, try to keep up with who's who. Yeah, exactly. And uh, who is the uh, the star of this particular flick here? Bandersnatch Cummerbund. That's right. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Perfect. <laughs> uh, that's exactly how you pronounce his name. Uh, no, Benedict Cumberbatch, which uh, I don't know. That's an odd name to be saddled with. I'm, I'm amazed that the man is a, a star having that... Uh, on he's, a, he's a good actor, though. I mean, he's good in uh, Sherlock, of course, uh, Imitation Game, I think. He was, uh, was he nominated for that? I think he, he might have been. Let's I say yes, remember. I think so. He may have even won, I don't recall, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's on IMDb. Yeah. I could have been, I could have looked it up, but I'm lazy. But he does a good job uh, as uh, Doctor Strange. You don't really see him like, what's Sherlock doing out there? Uh, he does a good job of playing the Stephen Strange character. Yeah, absolutely. He, he does really well with that. And uh, the effects are really neat. The supporting cast is also 
uh, pretty strong. Tilda Swinton, which is a very, she has a very unique look. If we're talking about unique names, we should certainly talk about well, Tilda Swinton. Not exactly your most normal name, certainly. No, we also have Mads Mickelson yeah. as part of it, which sounds <laughs> uh, like not a real person, but uh, he plays a good villain. He was he's a Hannibal as well on TV, so he's no stranger to playing the bad guy. Right, and I'm, I know I'm going to mess this up. Chiwetel Ejiofor. I'm sure. It's not like you're trying to cast a spell, but <laughs> yeah, I know. There's nobody like John Smith was not in this movie. It's all a bunch of different, uniquely named people. I know it. But uh, yeah, he does. Didn't well. have a lot of what uh, Ejiofor running around Baileysville, West Virginia. Uh, no, not really. But uh, Mr. Ejiofor did very well as Mordro, his character. Uh, and he he usually does very well in all of his movies, and this one was no exception. Yeah, man. There's uh, as always. There's some teaser teasers at the end, uh, so stick around during the credits. So yes, you don't not end one, up missing but it. two. Not one, but two uh, little teasers at the end. So you have to sit through all the uh, all the credits to get the full effect. Now, is it worth staying for? That's for you to judge. Yeah, I mean, I stay anyway. I, I've long finished my popcorn by then, but uh, and it's pretty big popcorn when it comes to you. You can put away popcorn like nobody's business. Yeah, I know. I am a popcorn fiend. Uh, it's just like breathing air to me. I don't really get full. <laughs> uh, I can just eat it. If I had a bottomless bag, I fear for what would happen if I was trying to uh, to complete it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but anyway, it was a good film. I'd recommend it. If you'd rather red box it, that's probably a sufficient uh, strategy there. You're not going to miss anything by not seeing it on the big screen. Now, how much better are Marvel movies than DC movies at this point? It's not even close. I don't know. DC just cannot get out of their own way when it comes to their movies compared to Marvel. With every, their Marvel comes together. They, you know, you've got... Spider-Man under contract to Sony Pictures. You've got the X-Men under contract to what? 20th Century Fox, right. I think. Yeah, 20th Century Fox. And, okay, you do see a little bit of a split between some of the characters, but, all, you know, Marvel knows how to make money, and they just, you know, rent, lease out the character from Sony, and here comes Spider-Man, the latest version of the uh, Avengers Civil War. And it was crucial to have him there, and I think it's going to just lead to better things. For that universe, DC had a good trilogy with Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. I think that can be argued that that was one of the best. But since then, they try to keep replicating that same look and feel into their other movies, even if it doesn't make sense to do so. We had what the Batman versus Superman. Right. What was that called? Uh, Dawn of Justice? Yeah, sure. Dawn of Justice. I was thinking Rise of something. but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think it's Dawn of Justice, but... All throughout that movie, I thought, would someone just please turn the lights on? Did they forget to pay the, their power bill when they made this movie? <laughs> it was all just so dark everywhere. And you've got Superman, which is this bright character, and he's so different from Batman. And I don't know. They just did not do a good job of showing that. I think if Marvel had done the movie, it would have been better. But, of course, they're not going to. No, certainly not. And... Uh, you know, you, as you said, Superman's a very bright character. It should be there should be some joy, there should be some cheerfulness, there should be some humor, and DC tries to put the humor into the films at times and with varying levels of success. I would say more misses than hits 
lately with, with, with regards to humor. But Marvel does that certainly better because of all the humor that they can inject into the movies, not to the point to where it's like slapstick or anything like that, but just a, a good you know dose of levity and humor to try to juxtapose with the action and the special effects that you're also enjoying. I wish DC could just get out of their own way and try to brighten things up a little bit, try to have fun with these characters. These characters are in comic books. They were not trying to solve you know, world hunger with these movies. We're trying to entertain the masses here. And hopefully, you know, there's hope out there. I think Wonder Woman's going to come out. Maybe it will be good. Maybe they'll, you know, uh, prove me wrong here. Maybe the Justice League movie is going to be the best thing uh, since the Avengers movie. It's a tough sell, but it's possible. But, you know, you look at all the news that's coming out of the Flash movie where I think what they've already gone through two directors or two creative control yeah, teams. Yeah, no, two directors, yeah. Um, direct, the second one just left last week over creative differences. So yeah. that's already got a bit of a stain on it where I think people are running or trying to flee that sinking ship. Maybe it's not a good sign. Yeah, maybe it's just a thing where you can't do everything right because DC, I think, does better television shows than Marvel does. If you look at like The Flash, I think is maybe one of the best ones out there right now. Uh, they've got Supergirl, they've got Arrow, which you could argue is not the greatest show anymore. It's a little long in the tooth and it's kind of lost its way as well. And then you got Legends of Tomorrow. But then again... I don't know, Marvel, they've got Daredevil, they've got their, you know, yeah, fleet of shows on Netflix. But then you've got the, the opposite problem with that, with, with DC and Marvel when it comes to television, because Marvel's shows are all very gritty and adult-oriented to where, you know, it's not even something I feel comfortable watching, just because there's so much violence and um, uh, other issues that you run into with uh, mature programming like that, where it's not really... I think in the same spirit that you would get in what you would consider the lighthearted uh, comic book fair. And DC, on the other hand, with their animated universe, going all the way back from Batman the Animated Series to their more modern animated movies, are of a higher quality, I think, than what we're seeing, uh, or certainly more family-friendly than what we're seeing from Marvel. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't, I'm kind of sleeping on their animated movies they come out with because... They usually do very well, um, get rave reviews and are very faithful to the comics or uh, have a good voice work and good animation. So, right, it's not really my thing, but I, I can see and I recognize the success that they're having and something that Marvel would probably do well to emulate. But then again, they've got their handful pulling in truckloads of money from these <laughs> different movies that they're doing. That's right. They're all over the, the parks down here. They're in Universal Studios and they're... Uh, have a presence at Disney, too, since Disney owns Marvel. I'm not sure exactly how that license works out. I can research that one day. but I think they've got much more leeway out in California than they do in uh, Orlando area. Yeah, I think so. But, yeah, um, Doctor Strange, check it out. Absolutely. All right, what other great problems are we going to try to solve today? Any uh, world peace? Is that what's on the agenda? <laughs> I think uh, not world peace, but world Pizza. Oh, wah, wah, wah. No. oh that was <laughs> no. terrible. That I know. Every that that click you just heard was everybody deleting the <laughs> podcast. That was it. That's right. Pulling their uh, earphones out in disgust, and uh, <laughs> yeah, one slip up, and that's it. You lose everybody. No, but uh, 
we were talking about this the other day, just trying to figure out, we like pizza, and what would be the best pizza? How would you measure that? How do you determine what's the best? Uh, maybe, and we, we first thought, well, let's just try to keep it limited to restaurants, fast food, if there is such a thing as fast food pizza. If you go to a restaurant and you're going to get some pizza, what would you like to get if you had to choose? Which is the best? Oh, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's different ways you can look at this. And we're going to be focusing on what I would call the national chains. We're not going to be focusing on the local mom and pops or the regional chains that aren't across the country. Now, we know everybody has their favorites. I mean, I could say, hey, Pizza Mingo is the best pizza out there, but 99.9999% of the people in the world don't even know what a Pizza Mingo is. So. Yeah, and they are the ones we should truly feel sorry for. <laughs> yes, yes, very much so. Uh, would we include Pizza King with this? I mean, it's, it's a chain, but it's too regional, I think. It's not, world, it's not statewide. Pizza King which is largely based in Indiana, makes some delicious pizzas. Now, I think they're overpriced, but they are good. But I don't think that it should be included in the discussion. I think the major nationwide pizza chains are the ones that we should place our focus on because they're the ones that I think, you know, what the four people that listen to this will relate to. <laughs> exactly. So we got to, you know, consider our audience. Right. Um, you got to... Maybe in the dozens, if, if we're uh, fortunate. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I think you're dreaming. We may, uh, but then again, since podcasting is a medium where you can listen to it any time, we may have blown up and have thousands of listeners and they wanted to go back and hear what happened on the earlier episodes and they're just now catching up. <laughs> they're going to be so disappointed. <laughs> I know. Those poor people. <laughs> you poor theoretical people who don't exist. I'm sorry. Indeed. All right, but enough uh, vamping. What should we, what should we talk about first? Well, to me, if we're going to start with, I think, the gold, the gold standard of pizza, it begins and ends with Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Uh, that was probably my first pizza that I had. We actually had a Pizza Hut uh, close by to our home in uh, Oceana, West Virginia. There was a Pizza Hut. My sister worked there for a while, and she would bring me home uh, pan pizza sometimes or a ton of breadsticks. Yeah, or cheese breadsticks. Yeah, I remember a lot of good, uh, a lot of good time spent eating those. She would roll in, and after she was done uh, counting the uh, uh, inventory or making sure the drawers balanced out or playing pinball, she would roll in, and there it would be, and it was delicious. Oh, absolutely. And maybe you know, I have to admit, maybe there's a bias there just from the 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 fond memories from my childhood of Pizza Hut. Not to mention that it was really the only major chain that was within driving distance, comfortable driving distance of our home. Oh, but it had excellent commercials too. I remember there was commercials about uh, how great the pizza was. It would always make it sound just delicious, how you'd want to just go in and try out some of that pizza. Uh, we, have, we have one of those yeah, commercials, I, don't yes, we? Yes, I do. All right, well, look at that. Production values already. Let's, yeah, you get, let, let us hear this gem of a commercial. All right, here it is. There's nothing like Pizza Hut pan pizza. Making it big, making it tall, making it splash in heaven and all. 
taste of pan pizza. Two layers of cheese, lots of toppings, and a chewy crust. It's America's favorite. Making it great. Making it great. Oh, yeah. That's the stuff right there. Yeah, that was uh, that's a little blast from the past right there. It made me almost hungry for uh, for pizza. Yep. Now, their personal pan pizza, unless you're a kid, not enough food. I remember getting a personal pan pizza when I was younger. Very exciting because this is my own pizza. All the pieces of this pizza are for me. Exactly. And it was probably my favorite. I always stuck to pepperoni and cheese. Uh, those were the one toppings that I liked. And then I branched out a little bit more later, but that was sort of the most uh, common one, I think. And I think the pan is the best. They have the other kinds, thin and crispy or hand-tossed or whatever, cracker crust. But uh, I think pan is the gold standard, at least for me. Yeah, now I like a good hand-tossed every once in a while, um, especially if as they are wont to do, especially lately, Pizza Hut is messing with the crust. Whether they're stuffing it with, oh, I don't know, macaroni and cheese or... Grilled or cheeses or <laughs> hot dogs or... Uh. <laughs> yeah, I think what they're finally going to do one day is stuff the crust with little pizzas. And uh, it's going to be like a, a fractal or something. Oh, man, what about a pizza roll stuffed? Crust. That would be pretty good. I feel actually. like they've done that. Haven't they Haven't done they? that? I don't know. I want to know. They might be. You might be sitting on a million dollar idea there. Uh, pizza. Yeah. Pizza roll crust pizza. Yeah. Like, I could. You could partner with Totino's, couldn't you? I don't know. That it wouldn't cook right though. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, that that they could talk to the folks at Totino's or Gino's or whoever your preferred uh, pizza roll provider is and see if they could work out some kind of licensing deal. That'd be best for both companies. I would think they could benefit. But yeah, I'm, if I was going to say it now, I'd give it to Pizza Hut. But we can't just stop there. There's other ones to consider. I mean, Domino's, uh, I would say, at least for the longest time, was the main competitor. I remember, I don't know if there was a pricing war with them. Or there was definitely a war over uh, delivery because Domino's for a while had, well, it's like 30 minutes or it's free. And then the, there was like trouble with that. So they had to deep six that promotion. Yeah, I don't know what happened with that exactly, but I do know that that used to be their uh, modus operandi, one of their hooks to get people to order their pizza, and that's no longer the case. Maybe when delivery was new and in certain markets there was this uh, benefit or real positive spin put on the fact that they would actually deliver the pizza to you and not only deliver it to you, but deliver it to you within 30 minutes. Ultimate convenience. Now, one of the things I remember about Domino's was seeing the commercials with The Noid. And if you've never seen The Noid, it was basically this, uh, I don't know, like a little elf or something. He, he was, was It was claymation. Yeah, and he was all in red, and he had these huge eyes and... Little rabbit ears or things. Little ears for some reason. And what was his goal? Was it to get the pizza? He No, I and actually we have a commercial that we can play. He wanted to make it cold, I think. Oh, so okay, uh, yeah. Well, let's 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 hear this. Yeah, we this can will. listen to it, then we can analyze what maybe what was his purpose in life. All right, so uh, talk talk to us, Noid. Noid hates hot quality pizza. Yeah. Why? He loves to make your hot pizza ice cold. Call Domino's Pizza and avoid the noise. Ah! <laughs> 
we keep the cold out and all this quality in. So when you want quality pizza, hot and delicious, Domino's Pizza delivers. One call does it all. Okay, so well, there you go. He, he, for some reason, he hates hot pizza. Maybe he wants us to be annoyed. Oh, I wonder if that, I bet that was it. Because you had to avoid the annoyed. You don't want to be annoyed? What? I don't, I don't know. Someone from Domino's needs to be here and explain it to us. <laughs> we're not smart enough. Yeah, we need to get the ad campaign, the madman that we're behind that, and try to get to the bottom <laughs> yeah. of exactly what the... Get Don Draper in here, stat. <laughs> but, I mean, it's interesting. Even, I think it was maybe three or four years ago, Domino's came out and admitted our pizza's not good. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which is a strange, uh, you know, way to increase business. But they were just at least brutally honest. They, you know, our pizza's not good. We, we're going to start over. Is that okay? <laughs> Sorry, folks. We just got around to tasting it. <laughs> we were just worried about keeping it hot, but uh, that, that's where we stopped thinking about it. Yes, yeah, so now, I, I mean, I've had their pizza recently. It's actually pretty good. Um, and where people sleep on Domino's is their side items. They can make some delicious sandwiches. Yeah, I mean, forget the pizza. Take the pizza and just throw it in the trash. But <laughs> if you order some of their chicken kickers with some buffalo sauce or some ranch sauce, you can get some of their chicken parm sandwich that was delicious it is or the chicken bacon ranch mm. i'm getting hungry now and oh, not for yeah. pizza oh man i may have to redone one of those i mean i want to put them up kind of high but um i, I, I don't think they're as good as pizza hut no, still I don't although think so. i might again i might just be biased when it comes to pizza hut but when i get hungry and i think of pizza i think of a pizza hut pan pizza what about papa john's what about them <laughs> well, are they not in consideration? They're better ingredients, better pizza. That, that's their claim. Well, uh, maybe their ingredients are better. I don't necessarily know that their pizza is better. I would cut it, I would put it. I would give it the bronze medal below Pizza Hut and Domino's. I think we're going in order so far of the, how I would like to enjoy my pizza. Yeah, I almost enjoy the pepper inside the box more than the pizza itself. Yeah, I feel like they throw all those little goodies in there. As a kind of a mea culpa, an apology or a distraction. Like, here's something to dip your crust in. Right. We know our crust is lacking, so here's a bunch of butter and garlic, which is, you know, delightful, but I'm not really necessarily looking for that in my pizza. Yeah, I'm sorry, Peyton or whoever's doing the commercials now. You have not swayed us. Right. But then I'm a completist when it comes to pizza. So let me give you a little advice, adults. Finish your crust. Don't throw your crust away. Because if you throw your crust away, but then you eat a breadstick, I'm going to look at you sideways. Because you're eating breadsticks, and then you're throwing away what's essentially a breadstick. Yeah, I don't get it either. I think it's one of the most bizarre phenomena I've ever come across. I see kids do it, and I understand it when a kid does it. The kids, for some reason, have an aversion to bread. They want the crust off their sandwiches. They don't want the crust in their pizza. I get it. Or sometimes they'll even just pick the toppings off and call it a day. Like, I had the pepperoni, I'm done. Oh, I did that when I was a kid, absolutely. And that was my modus. Um, that was, that was my, uh, my motive was to enjoy the pepperoni and maybe some of the cheese and then toss the rest as much as possible. But, you know, adults, eat your crust. What are you doing? Right, you're just being waved to It's a pet peeve. And uh, while we're on the subject, we'll get back to We've got a couple others to go through, but... uh. If you're in a group and everybody's ordering, hey, let's get some pizza, what kind should we get? 
I got to calm down here. I'm going to get worked up. <laughs> you need to order mostly pepperoni and cheese. The end. Uh, it's a little counterintuitive. That's not what you necessarily think you should do, but it's what you should do. I've been to enough groups uh, in, in office parties or uh, groups together talking about, you know, let's have pizza. What kind should we get? And there's always, oh, how about Hawaiian? Yeah, someone's always got to be the, let's get Hawaiian pizza person. I, I'm, a, I'm an outside-the-box person. I'm fun. <laughs> Look at me. I'm different. Or, you know, you'll get somebody who wants Supreme. And Which is fine. Yeah, I, I don't get... And look, when I was a kid, there was nothing worse in my life than someone would get a Supreme pizza because it had all those weird vegetables on it. Mushrooms. Right, and even, you know, among uh, some of my family members, we talk about somebody being a Supreme adult. Because that's what adults do. They get supreme pizzas. They put weird combinations of food together because they've already tried all the combinations of food as they were growing up, and they have to keep mixing it up in order to keep enjoying food. Or you can get like a barbecue pizza or some ranch sauce pizza and all these different things. But what inevitably happens when you have a large group of pizzas ordered? Um, all the pepperoni pizza gets eaten first, and you're left the wasteland of bizarre pizza. If you do not believe me, next time you're in a function that has multiple pizzas, look and see which one goes first. I don't care if there's just kids there. I don't care if there's just adults there. It's worse with adults, by the way. They will eat the pepperoni first. You think, nope, they'll go for the Hawaiian, or they'll go for the Supreme. Nope. Right, even the person who wanted the Hawaiian pizza doesn't really want the Hawaiian pizza. They just want it there because they think they want it. This is, you know, part of that, I call this the theory of pizza for groups. And it's, you know, it's something that, I, I think it's related to that, uh, the fact that we don't know what makes us happy. There was a book that was written several years ago called Stumbling Upon Happiness. And one of the things that it uh, explored was the fact that when we go grocery shopping, we don't always purchase the things that we want. We purchase the things that we think that we want. And that's not the same thing. We think we want a variety, but really we'd be better off just getting our favorite thing over and over again, which I think is why we you know, brought like, what, a dozen boxes of frosted chocolate <laughs> vanilla cream Pop-Tarts when we uh, came down here to Orlando for I, six months. I know what I like. Right. You know, I, I'm not going to get tired of it. It's good. That's right. If I get tired of it, I'll get another flavor of Pop-Tart for a while, and then I'll go back to it. And I, I don't just eat Pop-Tarts. I'm not, you know, uh, <laughs> compulsive about it. I have other breakfasts sometimes, bacon or eggs or sausage, or sometimes I'll have just like tea and toast. I have a nice little English breakfast or something. Right, yeah. I might have two Pop-Tarts a week. Right, but I just, it was a limited edition, okay? Just give me, cut me some slack. Right, exactly right. So, yeah, um, I guess Little Caesars. We should yeah, throw Pizza them Pizza. Yeah, pizza Pizza. I loved, I loved their commercials growing up. Oh, yeah. That, they were the most entertaining commercial, I think. There's like huge pizzas, this huge box of pizza. Oh, right. It was just amazing. What was it called? The Monster? Oh, I don't monster, know. Monster, was it? When that was it? Pizza Hut at the Bigfoot Pizza. Okay. Yeah, maybe it was. I'm getting it screwed up in my head. Anyway, um, well, I mean, I, what I'm saying is I think that 
all of them can be prone to make a giant pizza. Yeah, that's but, true. But, but uh, Little Caesars, they, they, you know, put their reputation on it, apparently, or they make it part of their uh, day-to-day uh, offerings. Yeah, and they had um, cute commercials growing up. Their Crazy Bread's really good. Yes, it is. My Absolutely. nephew could eat a ton of it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's he, really he already has them, I think. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And uh, look, it's, 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 it's a cheap pizza, but for, for the price, you, it's hard to beat it. And the price of pizza is something that is weird. If you go back and you look at commercials or go watch Home Alone. Yeah. I wish I'd pulled the clip. Uh, they order these pizzas, and it's something outrageous. It's like $15 a pizza or maybe even 20 It's The the, the amount of pizzas the McAllister's ordered, you thought they were rich because— Well, that house, they uh, were rich. Well, I know, but I mean, they, you would have thought only the McAllister's can afford pizza because <laughs> of the price they're quoted when they get it delivered. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the price of pizza when we were kids and the price of pizza now— if anything, it's cheaper. I don't understand what happened. You know, these pizza companies, when we were kids, must have been laughing all the way to the bank because they were way overcharging us, or somehow somebody like uncovered a new source for dough or pepperoni, and they've struck <laughs> pepperoni, you know, gold in some uh, mine somewhere. I don't know how they're getting these pizzas out so cheap now, but comparatively, they're as cheap, or if not cheaper, than when we were kids. No, it's it's bizarre. Speaking of cheap pizza, what about Fifi's? Well, it's it's certainly cheap pizza. It's all the cheap pizza that you can stand to eat. <laughs> That's right. Now, kind of you get what you pay for. There's a special here. I know in Orlando at the CC's you can have all you can eat for five fifty five. Yeah, high uh, five. They high, say high five. But my goodness, uh, high five and all the way to the bathroom. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it it's cheap pizza. It tastes like cheap pizza. It, you're not going to confuse it with your more artisan brand pizzas that you get uh, from the fancy schmancy restaurants. Those are probably like, I would say, the big five. I can't remember. I can't think of any off the top of my head that we're missing. No, and I, I, I'm kind of hesitant to throw CCs in there, but I think they're broadly enough uh, scattered that you can include them safely. Yeah, I think so, too. I think most people have heard of CCs anyway. Yeah. Now, there's also frozen pizzas. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other kettle of fish right there. Um, but you got your what your Red Barons, your California Pizza Kitchens, uh, Tombstone. There's tons of brands. DiGiorno. DiGiorno. Yeah. I don't know why I would consider the best. It's that's a tough. Call. That's almost a matter of taste. I um, mean, I've tried them various times. I think it's hard to beat the California Pizza Kitchen for your thin pizzas. I think they do a good job with that. But even some of the generic. Store brand pizzas yeah. can be pretty good. It's it's hard to really do a frozen pizza really good or really bad. Yeah, I remember being just a little shaver walking into Goodson's with mom, and we would come to the pizza section, and oh, I wanted those packages of little pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what the brand was. Was it Gnose or I, I, maybe? Well, the ballad was it B A double L A R D S spells ballads. I don't think um, it was I don't that. Think it was ba- I think it was Gnose. Uh, uh-huh. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but, oh, man, those were terribly delicious. I didn't know what you saw in them. I thought they were <laughs> gross. I mean, it was too sweet. And the, 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 the crust was just chewy. I, I, I don't know. I was a porker. Uh, I was <laughs> a little heavier than you. Uh, well, not that heavy. No, not, not that heavy, though. But, uh, but uh, you were more adventurous with food. You liked, you know, well, cheese-filled like, weenies and stuff yeah, like oh, that. Oh, yeah, but... Uh, 
but on the same boat, I liked Hot Pockets. And you didn't like Hot Pockets. Yeah, I don't know what was wrong with me. I was like, oh, this is a delicious pepperoni pizza Hot Pocket. And you were like, no. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what I didn't like about Hot Pockets. I think maybe I... Maybe I had an uneven heating situation where I put it in the microwave. and Now that can happen. I had a cold glob of cheese, and that turned me off of Hot Pockets for a while. Well, we would eat anything. We would eat ketchup packets <laughs> out of the, straight out of the fridge and think yeah, it was gold. I think, yeah, I don't know. We, we were weird kids, and now we're weird adults, I guess. Yep, definitely. Uh, there's also homemade pizzas, too. I remember uh, my sister just... Making up a nice Chef Boyardee homemade pizza. And I remember thinking that was just the bee's knees. Oh, yeah. It was delicious. And I still need to make one of those every once in a while just to remind myself of how they taste. It's, uh, it's a unique uh, taste. It's, now, I know some people can do really like fancy homemade pizzas where they roll out their dough and they use great ingredients. But uh, sometimes Chef Boyardee is what you're looking for. And you need that itch scratched. And that's how it's going to happen. Yeah, that is so right. Uh, have we put this pizza subject to bed? Have we I, <laughs> I think we've, we've, done, we've said all that we need to say about pizza, <laughs> except I think that when you're choosing your beverage with pizza, choose Pepsi. I think Pepsi goes better with pizza than Coke does. Yeah, I think that is uh, indisputable, in fact. Uh, certainly not water. No, oh, no, no, no. You need some kind of carbonation to battle that grease. The, the bubbles can scrub away, you know, as much <laughs> of them as they can. And also, last little bit of advice. If you're ordering pizza for a large group, think of how many pizzas you need to order and then stack one more on top. You're not going to over-order pizza. Everybody loves pizza. They're going to eat it until it's gone. Right, and if at the very least, they're going to have decision fatigue that's going to set in. If you sit pizza there long enough and people look at it long enough, they'll just say, yeah, I'll have another pizza, I guess. <laughs> You don't have to push pizza on people. They'll always take it. And it's a perfect to-go food, too. It's like no one leaves the party and says, hey, do you want some pizza? No, thanks. Yeah, it doesn't heat up well at all. <laughs> I've never eaten it cold before. It, we might as well just throw it away. Yeah. Uh, which I've seen pizza thrown away before. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. But uh, I always try to take it home or eat it there. Typically eat it there. It's yeah, always really. better if you can eat it the day of. But I've had it cold and warmed up more times than I can count. So, if you think we missed something, if you uh, have a difference of opinion, if you think we're way off base when it comes to our pizza topics and our advice, let us know. Yeah, you can contact us on twitter.com. It's at packbrospodcast, P-A-C-K-B-R-O-S podcast. Or you can check us out on facebook.com slash Pack Bros Podcast. Absolutely. And there's a packbrospodcast.com uh, floating out there. I think it's still parked by GoDaddy. Uh, we will, maybe we can move some of our uh, blog or articles from 3sorryboys.com over. Yeah, maybe, and I think at least we can put some of these commercials, at least links to commercials on YouTube so people can actually see what the Noid looks like or if they want to revel in the nostalgia of Pizza Hut making it great. Yeah, I think that is a great idea. Well, crypto is scratching at the door, so it's time to go. If you enjoyed the podcast, I want to help us out. Like us on Facebook. Like us on Twitter. Absolutely. Or follow us on Twitter. Well, yeah, like whatever the, the terminology is. And uh, we're going to go out 
with a special song and a little programming note for you if you're listening to this. November 23rd, I believe, the day before Thanksgiving on Teen Nick at, or Splat. Well, that's what they call it, Splat. (laughs) At 10 p.m. on Teen Nick, there's going to be a special episode of a show that needs to be brought back on the air full-time, at least two episodes a day, like Judge Judy. (laughs) And that is Double Dare. Absolutely. Mark Summers, Harvey, the host, uh, or the announcer, one of the original ladies who would set up the junk and wipe (laughs) up all the uh, chocolate and whipped cream is going to be there. And they're going to have some, like, cast from a show I could care less about (laughs) doing that. But uh, it's just going to be great to see Mark again and hear this theme, hopefully, or at least some 2010 EDM version of it. Uh, But that's what we're going to close out with. So uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks.